Thank you so much, student choir, for leading us so beautifully. You can tell they had a, a wonderful week. They get out of school. We send them to camp. They come back. We have them work vacation Bible school. That's over. We send them to a youth choir trip. And tomorrow we start in-town a mission trip. There's a lot going on. We have your kids up here almost every single day, and we're so glad to have them. Turn your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Calvin Coolidge once said, Nothing in the world can take the place of perseverance. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. Powerful words from a man who knew what it meant to press forward, to move on, to keep on keeping on. When Winston Churchill was a student, the headmaster of his school told him how hopelessly dumb he was and how trifling he was as a student. And then years later, when he was prime minister and had authored the history of the English-speaking people, they invited him back to address the graduating class. They expected one of Churchill's long and brilliant speeches. Perhaps it was brilliant, but it wasn't long. He stood and all he said, the entirety of his speech went like this. Young man, never, never, never give up. And he sat down and was finished. This ability, this courage to press on, despite difficulties that would fatigue, Christians must capture. This morning we'll look at one of the best examples in all of Scripture of an individual who put his trust and the Lord's ability to see him through with a hand at task. Let me introduce you to Joshua. Now the book of Joshua begins with the Hebrew word and. That means that all that's gone before in the Torah, the first five books, they are continued in the book of Joshua and God keeps moving forward. God is always advancing. God is always pressing on. What God told Joshua, he says to you, and he says to me, get ready, God moves forward. We come to our text this morning, and the first thing we realize is, number one, Moses is dead. Look at verses one and two. Now, it came about after the death of Moses that the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now for arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to the sons of Israel. The Israelites are at the beginning of the book of Joshua on the other side of the Jordan River, up by the Dead Sea. They're looking into the land that God has promised them, a land inhabited by the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Jebusites and more. It's been 40 years now since the great exodus from the bondage and slavery in Egypt. Moses is dead and Aaron is dead and Miriam is dead. In fact, everyone from that generation that left is dead except two. Joshua and Caleb, who had been the spies, who wrote a positive report and said, we can take that land. 
God has given us that land. We can claim that land. All the rest have died, unqualified to enter the promised land. And now they come at the second chance to enter the promised land on the other side of the Jordan, looking over the rushing river, pondering how they'll ever get across. And when they do get across, how they'll face all those enemies. After all those years of endless wandering have drawn to a halt, Moses is gone. Speculation as to who would be Moses' successor, there could be none. God had designated his man Joshua and Moses himself before he died. He laid his hands upon Joshua and the people had acknowledged him as their up and coming ascending leader. Yet what a sin it had been from Moses down to Joshua. Moses was a man who had seen God face to face. In fact, Deuteronomy 34 says, no prophet in Israel has been like Moses who saw God face to face. Moses who commanded and the seas would part and, and stand still. Moses who had the shining face because he had the glory of God having received the commandments of God from the mountain. Moses, who had to take his shoes off because he was standing on the holy ground of God. Moses, the one they turned to every time they had an argument, a case, or a decision to be made. And now Moses is gone. Look what Moses is called. The servant of the Lord. That's a, a term of highest honor. It's used to describe the heavens. It's used to describe the earth. It's used to describe angels. It's used to describe prophets. In fact, servant of the Lord is used to describe the Messiah himself. Moses, servant of the Lord. And yet the same verse, Joshua is not the servant of the Lord. He's the helping attendant of Moses. What a descent from Moses they would no longer see the face who had seen God face to face. No more Moses. Now there's just Joshua. Moses is gone just when we need him most. In fact, Deuteronomy 34, 8 says, So the sons of Israel wept for Moses in the plain of Moab for 30 days. Perhaps right after that 30 days of mourning for Moses, we begin in Joshua with the word and, and Joshua must move forward. Someone once said, great men have no successors. If we mean by a successor, one who takes up the work where the predecessor has left it and develops it according to a divine ideal, then all men, great or small, have successors. Thank God that even in the midst of Moses' death, the impossible situation, the insurmountable problems, the unsolvable difficulties, men come and go, Moses is gone, but Joshua is here. Well, notice the sense of urgency. Joshua, don't look inside yourself to see if you're like Moses. Joshua, don't take a catalog of your skill set, compare that to your predecessor. I am with you, Joshua, just like I was with Moses. Joshua, get up and go forth. Perhaps you've seen a, a son take the place of his father on the farm or in the family business, just a mere shadow of his father, and yet his father dies and he has to step up and fill those really big shoes. Or a great Sunday school teacher 
She has such a holy influence in everybody's life, and everybody wonders when she's gone, who will ever take her class, who will ever teach like she taught. The will and the work of God never depends on any one man, not even the greatest. Moses is dead. Number two, the second word is not a young man. Now, Moses is 120 years old when he dies, and perhaps you've imagined this text that young Joshua comes and takes the place of Moses. Well, Joshua had been in Egypt for 40 years. He had known the whip of the taskmaster. He had wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. So somewhere between 80 and 90 years of age, Joshua is. He lives to be 110, so three-fourths of his life is over, and God says to him, get up, Joshua, go forth and take this land. The third word is the problem. The problem is the Jordan River. Joshua 3.15 tells us it's harvest time and the river's at a flood stage, and there's no bridge across that river. There are no boats to get them across. The command to go over the river, and even if you get over the river, you're going to fight all of those enemies, the king of Aphek and the king of Kadesh and the king of Debir, 31 different kings and peoples and enemies in all. It wouldn't be easy to cross the river, and if you crossed, you faced an enemy. But in the midst of that, the word comes to Joshua, arise, get up, go forth, Take the land. Keep on keeping on. Just like that word came to Joshua 3,400 years ago, the word comes to you and to me today. Joshua faced the flooding Jordan, 31 enemies. What is it in your life or my life that keeps us from moving forward in faith, from keeping on, keeping on? Look at verse 3 and 4. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I will give it to you just as I spoke to Moses. And then he describes the land as exactly the land he described to Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 11. Notice God said, I'll get you across the Jordan, but he didn't say there wouldn't be a fight when you get to the other side. There was going to be battle and strife and conflict and all of this as an image of our following a holy God. Yes, the Christian life includes conflict. Without battles, there are no heroes. Without war, there are no victors. Without struggle, there are no conquerors. Fourth word is presence. Look at verse 6. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just like I've been with Moses, Joshua, I will be with you. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land, (coughs) which I swore to their fathers to give them. Have I not commanded you, verse 9? Be strong and courageous, and do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. As I have been with Moses, I will be with you. When Moses tried to lead this rebellious mob, my people, I was by his side, and I'll be by your side as well. 
Joshua had a distinct call. And though he had seen that Canaan was infested by a thousand foes, he was going forth. I will never fail you. I will never forsake you. Joshua, get up and go. I will be by your side. The fifth word is courage. Look at verse 9. What a promise. I love verse 9. It's one of my favorite verses in all the Old Testament. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. When he said, be strong, it means the man to whom, him, to whom he spoke could feel weak. He said, be not afraid, which means the man to whom he spoke could be fearful. He said, neither be dismayed, which means the man to whom he spoke could throw the towel and quit altogether. This world speaks about the survival of the fittest, but God gives power to the faint. He gives might to those who have no strength. He perfects his strength in our weakness. God uses the things that are not to bring naught to the things that are. Add to your faith courage, Peter says. You cannot easily count the fear knots in the Bible. Fear is a parent of almost every sin. Fear of conflict and fear of failure and fear of shame, fear of being alone. I was afraid. And I went and hid my talent into the earth, the wicked servant said. Of all the memorials at Westminster Abbey, there is none more noble than that of Lord Lawrence. His epitaph reads this way. He feared man so little because he feared God so much. He feared man so little because he feared God so much. The sixth word is source. The source. Look at verse 7 and 8. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn to it from the right or the left, so you may have success wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it on it day and night. The source of strength for Joshua, the same source of strength for Moses, the source of strength for all who, who are Christian leaders to meditate and know and learn the Word of God. No Christian leader is more effective in his or her leadership than when he or she is alone with God, studying God's Word. Joshua, be like Moses. Meditate on the Word of God. You know that Joshua is the Hebrew equivalent of the Greek Jesus, don't you? They both mean Yahweh is Savior. In fact, in the book of Hebrews, in the Greek text, Joshua, the Old Testament, is likewise called Jesus. It's the same name. This foreshadowing of Jesus in the New Testament, this Jesus of the Old Testament, this Joshua, like the Jesus who becomes our Messiah, he knows, and meditates, and dwells on the Word of God. Did not Jesus say when tempted, 
Oh, yes, but it is written in God's Word. Conclusion. Throughout his life, Joshua was obedient. And Joshua, once simply the attendant or helper of Moses, is finally called in Scripture, Joshua, the servant of the Lord. Joshua, the servant of the Lord. Of all the factors that gave him success, there was not one that gave him more success than the the admonition of God's Word. He read it before God's people there at Ebal and Gerizim. You see, right before he died, Joshua told the people what he had learned in following God. In 23.6, he says, Be very firm, then to keep and do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses. Do not turn to the right and do not turn to the left. There are a million fears in this room. Every one of us at one time or another, we face the flooding Jordan. And even if we get past that first problem, we look into that promise of God and we see that there are 31 enemies awaiting us on the other side. And maybe like Joshua, we don't feel that we have the talent of our predecessor. Maybe we feel like we don't have the empowerment that he or she had. Maybe we feel like we're called to do something and we don't feel adequate or equipped. Maybe like Joshua this morning, you and your own call of God on your life, you feel weak. To you, the word comes like it came to Joshua, be strong. And have courage, which means God knows that you can be fearful. Be strong and courageous. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't be dismayed. Don't throw in the towel. For I am with you. I love this verse. I am with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. For just like I was with Moses, Joshua, meditate on my word. I'm going also to be with you. I know there are a thousand fears in this room and 20,000 fears by those watching on way of television this morning. I don't know what God's calling of you, and maybe you don't even know yet. Maybe this sermon will be fully clear to you tomorrow. And the call of God comes upon your life to get up, to get going, to keep on keeping on and across the flooded Jordan. The power was not in Moses. The power was not in Joshua. The power is not in you or me. It is in the God that wills and have his way. Be of courage. The waters were flooding. He told the people to get back. They carried the holy box, the ark of God. And the moment the first toe of the first priest hit the water, the water stood up like a wall. Just like it had for Moses. And they crossed on dry land.
Let us pray. Oh God, this morning in this room, there's some fears. There's some ready to give up and quit in life, whatever you've called them to do, the church house, the business house, the hospital, the school. They're feeling overwhelmed and incompetent. They're feeling small when the job is big. To us this morning, the word comes, be strong and courageous. I am with you wherever. The God of wherever, wherever you go. Amen.